How do multifamily owners retain renters and increase net operating income? Well, we're on a journey to find out. You're listening to Amenitizer Die, tactics and strategies from the front lines of multifamily. I'm your host, Scott Patterson, a Marine Corps veteran, the founder of Tumble Smart Laundry, on a mission to increase the NOI through your shared laundry experience. Today, we have Vince Corda, CFO and COO of To Be Living, a leading property management firm here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, Vince, welcome. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had you. I've well, I have you now. I've had Brooks. I have had Rishi. So we'll see which one does the best. I mean, nope. it's it's not it's going to be no contest, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, the pressure is on. But we've saved the best for last. Oh, I, oh I'm I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll find out. So um, we've heard a little bit about Two B's, um, you know, origin story and, and starting single family. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about like kind of how you came to 2B and um, and how it's grown so much? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I started at 2B Living um, a little over four and a half, almost five years ago now. And I came from a real estate investment background. And in that role, certainly had to, to focus on um, bringing value to to the investments that that the fund I was working on were, were invested in, and um, these value was, add or what, what was the, the realm? Yeah, so the the fund was all, all the f- the four major food groups as they as they often say. So you had multifamily, a commercial office, commercial retail, and industrial. It yes. was there was some value add. It was generally core plus, but we got there by mixing value add deals with core deals and then the fund as a whole was a core plus fund the the investments were <clears throat> throughout the united states so so i i i focused a little more on the western part of the united states and in, in my role there um, but we the fund itself and the team that i worked with invested in assets throughout the throughout the country that's how i cut my teeth in in real estate real estate investment it was a great uh, opportunity and a good several years in that role, but but realized just personally for myself, I wanted to be one a little more regionally focused in, in the Bay Area. That's where I live now in San Francisco, so that was important to me. And in addition to that, I I wanted to work for a firm that uh, where I had a little more autonomy and I could help bring the growth and bring a vision to the broader uh, firm and the broader company. And, and I knew Brooks from uh, Brooks Baskin, CEO, founder of 2B Living. I knew him from uh, previous connections in, in the, the Bay Area. And so when I was looking for some a different job about five years ago, uh, went, reached back out to him. We got to talking and, and 2B Living at the time was a much smaller operation. I was going to yeah. say, so you go from a major investment banking firm uh, national or probably probably even larger, right? And uh, yeah, and you're like, hey Brooks, I heard you have five properties. Would love <laughs> to join. It was let me yeah, it was quite it was quite a leap. Um, there was definitely a little bit of risk involved. I made a switch from uh, the investment uh, the investment side of of the house to um, to to be living property management. Part of you know part of that was working for a company where you're 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 a little bit smaller shop. You're going to have more of an impact. Uh, part of it was wanting to be 
local in the Bay Area. Um, and then also part of the pitch to, to Brooks, um, the CEO of, of the firm, was, you know, look, property management in many ways is the hardest part of the vertical stack, right? Yes, you got to have connections to raise capital. Yes, you have to know how to underwrite deals. Um, you got to know how to operate the deals. But really, where a lot of that comes from is having a very good local operating partner and or property manager. And so my my view of To Be Living was, look, you've got a great platform here, Brooks. You've got uh, capabilities. We can really build something on top of that. Um, and and while To Be Living has not really explored you know, the, the owner-operator route that much. It's, it's something that we do think about from time to time. We definitely have built a foundation of, um, of an excellent property management company that really has an ownership mindset that, that goes beyond just, well, let's, ma- quote, manage this property and, and, and taking it to a place where it's now operating the property and, and driving profitability, driving NOI growth, all of the things that owners really think about um, and would want their property managers thinking about, but many times they don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably easy at the sort of the higher level where you're like, okay, we raise the money, we need to deploy it. Um, We're going to pay this management fee to these guys and they give us predictable returns of sort of this amount based on, you know, the pat the prior performance, right? And it's not really about expanding that too much outside of that sort of well, if it's a value add investor, then it's very focused on the the growth per unit versus uh mm-hmm. your your um investment. But you know, some of these other sides where you're quite literally just looking at cash flow or, or the or the deal itself, um, it's especially right now, right? You're moving towards um a lot of these probably have been sold at very low cap rates. And now we're moving towards a market downturn um, where capital is getting much more expensive. I think there's something like a 40% increase in capital right now, um, which, mm-hmm. which is gnarly. Um, I'm sure there's some, uh, some of these, these deals are feeling it. Um, but, you know, it, it, it becomes tremendously important to have an operator that um, is flexible, is able to think about it from that way where especially – I would say in a time right now, like right now, right? Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, look, whether it's, whether it's increasing capital costs, that's, that's starting to, you know, pinch some, some owners that, that may have purchased properties recently or what we've all been through, which, you know, was, was the pandemic over the last couple of years, having a nimble, flexible property manager operator is, is critical. I mean, I'll, I'll say, you know, certainly would not wish the the pandemic and what we've been through on on anybody ever again. Um, but it was a it was an interesting eighteen month two year period where, frankly, it it was a a booming time for for us to be living, um, because I think what what it exposed was there. You know, there were some frankly, maybe lazy isn't the right word, but, but some operators out there that were just kind of doing the same thing over and over again, not really thinking about how do you improve? How do you build efficiencies? How do you bring uh, technology to the platform and, and be a better manager? And To Be Living was thinking about this before you know, the pandemic hit. And, and then when it did, 
Uh, I think it exposed some some firms out there that you know it's still either still paper and pencil or however they were operating. They got frankly smoked. Uh, regulations hit in the Bay Area made things way more complicated, way more challenging on a number of levels. Um, not just the regulation, but obviously you know the pandemic, having to work from home, all these sorts of things. And so, if you had a firm uh, that had those foundations already in place, an ability to be nimble an ability to already uh, incorporate technology in, into, your, into your company, into your core values, um, you, you were able to, to operate still efficiently. And, and frankly, owners started to look around when the, their current managers weren't performing. You know, uh, rents were dropping, people were starting to move and, and find cheaper places to live, maybe leaving the urban cores like San Francisco and Oakland, um, and so those owners were starting to look around and say, Hey, wait a second, my building's 50% uh, vacant or, or my rents aren't getting collected. What's going on? My manager's kind of asleep at the switch. And there was a lot of people giving us a call saying, Hey, we, we need help. We need another manager. Or, yeah. or maybe you've been doing it on your own, you know, as a, as an owner, single owner kind of managing your own place and thinking, you know, okay, it wasn't too bad before, but now this is, this is hard. Um, so Tubiel picked up a lot of actually business during, during this time because of that, those yeah. challenges. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in, in what, what were some of the things that you did early on, I guess, technology or just operations wise that, that really set you up to, to capture that? I think one of them that we did, uh, as I'm, as I'm thinking back was on the, the leasing front. And you know, we very quickly were able to pivot to a, a more you know self self showing model, right? Where the the prospective resident, basically the whole funnel uh, of leasing a unit was was now able almost almost to, to lease signing was able to be done virtually, right? So you know, obviously nowadays people are finding their units for the most part on on the internet and, and looking through pictures and whatnot but but you still want to you still want to see what you're going to buy so having to to be able to view the the and tour the unit but without a leasing manager you know that wasn't something we had done in the past and frankly now fast forward past the pandemic we're not a hundred percent believers in that we do think there's still a, a place for a leasing manager to kind of quote sell the deal but during that time, very quickly, we were able to, to put in place uh, processes and, and technology that allowed us to not be there, to not have somebody need to be in the unit um, with others. And, and so that, that was just one piece and, and frankly helped us keep the, um, the occupancy high in the units that we were managing during that time. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would imagine it's, I, I, I always think of the virtual tours as like a self-service, like top of funnel type of thing, or, you know, it's a conversion step, right? Like this person has expressed right. interest. Uh, but you know, I, do you ever really get away from having someone, you know, have that sales conversation? I, I don't know. Like I, I, uh, I, right. Yeah. In, yeah. I, I think, look, there's, yeah, there's something innate about being able to ask the questions right there real time, you know, and, and to focus uh, perhaps the prospective resident's attention on on one item or the other that, that they may not have seen during the tour. 
Yeah, it's critical. I mean, well, you know, I'm a renter, right? I just kind of put myself in, be like, I, I remember. So I, I moved in the dead of the pandemic uh, because real estate prices here in San Francisco were absolutely at the bottom, lowest price I've ever seen in my life. So I was like, we need to move. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and I, I think there's some some staggering data out there. I think it was like 70% of San Francisco moved. Um, and it was like, you know, a lot of it was just kind of from one place to another, but, um, yeah, I was, I was definitely one of those and, but it was, you know, it was online, right? We would go find stuff online and then we would take like the little virtual tour where you kind of like click around. Right. And then it was like, okay, I want to come see it. And I think for our building that we ended up going with, they just left keys at the front desk. And then we kind of like walked up and walked ourselves around and, um, I actually think the leasing agent FaceTimed with us while we were walking around, which I thought at the time I thought was really weird. Um, (laughs) but you know, I'm sure it's less strange now. Um, but yeah, like not having that sort of personal and I I imagine like, you know, a place like 2B where you have, how how many units do you guys have now? 3,500? Uh, uh, just, just over 3,000. Yeah. 3,000. So 3,000, 3,000 units, multiple properties, you know, probably you could, you could show someone seven, eight properties that they, that they want to see. Yeah. And I mean, I think what you touched on really at the beginning of that, of that funnel, right. In your conversation, you're like, you, you're, you're clicking around, you're doing sort of the virtual tour. Um, a lot of the mom and pops, you know, either property managers or, or again, self managers just didn't either don't have that technology, didn't set it up. Um, hadn't spent the time ahead ahead of time, you know, taking the pictures and whatnot. And that, I mean, I think it's, it's critical. You're, you're missing out on such a big piece of the renter pool when you don't have that, right? If it's either still pictures or God forbid, no pictures at all, um, people aren't even going to show up, right? You, right. you still need to be able to close the deal and, and whether it's your leasing agent there virtually over FaceTime or, uh, or in person, you got to close the deal. You got to have somebody that knows the building, knows the amenities and all that sort of good stuff. But that was, I think that was a big differentiator for 2BL during that time is our marketing was just much better than, than others. Uh, and there was a lot of people like, like yourself looking around saying, why not? Right. I mean, rents have dropped precipitously. I've always wanted to live in this neighborhood. Looks like, you know, it's cheaper now or, I just want to get out of the city and, you know, and, and uh, get to the suburbs, whatever the case may be. We saw a huge uh, uptick in, you know, like you said, just movement, people wanting to move some, somewhere else. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is like, I, I actually, we just came up for renewal. And so I actually went through a renewal process and I was expecting my renewal to just be astronomic, but like it was actually fairly reasonable. So I ended up staying, but, you know, kind of went through the whole thing again, where it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to go look around and, and, uh, and all that. So, um, I, and I mean, I, I'm certainly not going to Craigslist as much as I was, uh, 10 years ago, but you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of platforms out there for this type of stuff. Um, yeah. But what other technologies, so say I'm, say I'm an owner, right. I'm ready to, I'm ready to move over to a property management company. I got like a 20 unit property, um, garden, and, you know, what, what, 
if 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 I came to you, what what's the value prop? I mean, what are what are some of the expertise that that y'all bring? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the maybe again, sort of thinking back during this period of time, and it's part partially technology, partially just the the way your team operates and, and an ability to be flexible, right? So especially in the Bay Area, but but elsewhere in the country, a lot of new regulations hit yeah. during the pandemic, right? So there was a, a moratorium on all evictions. There, there was you know, no rent increases or late fees or anything like that was happening. And, you know, our whole system had been set up to operate a certain way, right? You, you don't pay your rent, certain letters get sent out. Uh, you know, after one year, a rent increase might get sent out. So all of these things had been you know, a process had had been in place for this. And all of a sudden, you know, new regulation hits. Frankly, it's changing every three months. Yeah. And so our as a as a company, our ability to absorb that information and quickly uh, and, and dynamically change our processes was critical to to good management. And I think that was, you know, one piece of our you know, our ability to continue to be successful during this, during that challenging time. And that's, you know, that's, again, part of it's tech, like we use Appfolio as our, as our um, sort of backbone uh, accounting software, but it's also just having the right people in place that can, that can be dynamic, right? You could have a a great software that does all sorts of stuff. And, and if your, if your team is, is a status quo type team, then it's nothing's going to change. Right. So, that was that was part of our success. I think back to your your question specifically. You know, an, an owner with twenty units, you know, comes to two BL. How are you all different? How are you going to add value? I think we have a so besides just the you know like like I said, I think if they cared about I guess this challenging period, we could we could certainly point to how we were successful when others were not. But separately from that, we we have a philosophy at two BL uh, to be living that. The, the resident, and I learned this, frankly, in my investment background, but your resident is your customer, right? Your tenant is your customer. And if you don't believe that, and if you don't operate like that, it's, it's actually to the detriment of the ownership, right? To the, to the owner of the building. Because look, the whole, the, the whole story doesn't work if the renter, the resident doesn't pay their rent on time, doesn't stay, right? You know, Scott, you were just saying, you had a, a renewal come up and, it, and it's all of a sudden this, this great tenants paying on time. They leave. You got to go through the whole rigmarole again. You got to do concessions all over again. Well, if you got a poor management company, you better believe the good residents are still going to be looking around for the next hot deal and aren't going to be that worried about moving uh, the moving costs, if especially if management isn't um, taking care of their needs. Right. And so I think the property managers out there, again, historically that have kind of just been like, hey, it's the Bay Area. Rents are always high here. We're always going to find somebody to move in. I, I don't really need to do anything else. That that story is gone. That Those times are, are gone. And I'm I'm not sure they're coming back. And if they are, they're not coming back, certainly to the to the to the way they were, you know, pre-COVID. Right. So what 2BL offers is a, uh, a tenant-centric management approach. And some owners are a little bit, you know, reticent on that, but our, 
uh, our track record has shown that that's just a better way to operate your business. Yeah. Well, I, and you know, ultimately that's where the money's coming from. Like, um, you, you, you could have an empty apartment and say, Oh, it's going to make, you know, X number of dollars. But if it's empty, it doesn't make any dollars. It actually goes the other way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I mean, it, to me, it makes a ton of sense to focus on the resident experience and because the, the ROI of that, you know, it may be difficult to value, but you know, if you're sitting at a hundred percent occupancy or near that and the rents are good and you're hitting numbers, like, I don't know. It sounds pretty good to me. Right. Right. And so, um, I think the, the, the owners out there, especially in multifamily that, that take a little more confrontational approach at times, or almost the default answer is no, when a resident has a request, it's, it's not, it's certainly not the way we like to operate. Obviously we can't say yes to everything that, that comes up, right? Uh, Scott wants a, an extra bathroom, you know, to be put into his, his unit, you know, we're not going to probably be able to do that. You may have to just move to a different one, but, but there's some things that, you know, timely maintenance response, um, uh, even reasonable additional requests. So, you know, we've had it, we've had it come up where, you know, better amenities in the building. And then we, we take that to heart. And if it's something that we can execute either on our own, we'll do it. If we need to go to ownership and ask, Certainly, it has to have a, a return component to it, um, but often it does. If it means that, the, again, if it means that the resident's going to stay and be willing to sign a renewal, you know, at a, at a, at a perhaps increased rent, it's worth the uh, the investment. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that's 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 very core to what we do at Tumble, right? Like, no one had kind of thought about mm-hmm. their laundry room in a very long time, and um, the technology just wasn't up to standard, I would say, I, I think now we're exceeding standard, but you know, there was a standard of just like, why is this a nightmare? Um, but you know, and, and we've certainly seen across the properties that we've helped, uh, faster leasing times. Um, you know, one of the, the big successes was out of, uh, Veritas in San Francisco, they would have a unit that had, you know, the all in one in unit washer and dryer in one room and then no washer in the other. And they were renting at the same price. So, um, because Tumble was in that building. So, and they were saying, you know, as long as Tumble is in the building, if there's no in unit, we can still rent it. Um, So, I I do think there's a huge value to just listening to what does a, what does a renter want? What is, what does a prospective resident want? And, you know, sure, if we could all afford it, we would live in buildings that had pools and uh, gyms and, I don't know, a movie theater. I think there's a movie theater in a few of these, you know, I, I certainly haven't used any of them, but, um, you know, I, I, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that we want to live in affordable housing for our own situation. Um, and like, I, I spend the least amount of time possible in my apartment. Uh, I think one of the beauty of living in San Francisco is that you can go to a million different places and, you know, it, it, rent is the largest chunk of, of my ex, you know, expenses, single, single largest expense. And, you know, I, I want to lower that and still get, you know, it's that to me, it's almost like an ROI type thing, right? Like I'm willing to pay like this amount and then I will go off and do 
do everything else. Right. Kind of the, you like the, uh, the experience a part of life, right? And so it's like, right. sure, I'll pay, I'll pay X for the conveniences, um, just so I have more time to, to do what I might want to do. Yeah. Neighborhood amenities is my favorite, favorite term for that. Um, there you go. but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly been interesting to, to work in real estate, um, or well really on the property management side, right? Like the property, property management is usually our customers. Um, and then what, what we've been finding recently is, uh, how to make the case to the asset manager, right? So we're starting to work with much larger properties at this point. And uh, a lot of the sort of contractual decisions are made at an asset manager at a fund. Like, like you used to be, um, sure. And uh, you know, there it, it becomes sort of less obvious about resident experience, right? Because they're just kind of looking at the the numbers. Um, and so we could even have a property manager just screaming about their laundry room and how bad it is, and how you know the other services out there just leave them broken, and you know, yada yada yada. Um, but the asset manager is not affected by that, right? Or they don't think they are. Um, but in reality, you know, I th- a lot of those other line items would be higher if they just made a simple switch that didn't cost them anything. So, um, how how do you make the case to folks like that, where it's like, look, like you're not going to see a line item increase here, or maybe you do, but um, it's not going to be substantial. But what you're going to see is other line items start to increase and, and retention increase. Yeah, it, you know, it is a challenge, right? When you when you don't have it, certainly as I think back on that on that part of my career, you know, as the asset manager <clears throat> or the acquisitions person, you're looking for the you're, you're looking at the tea leaves, right? So you're trying to look at some historical numbers. You're trying to look at some quote proof that you know either an investment or a change in the way you're doing something is going to you know benefit the asset overall and it may not be you know one like tumble for instance may not have that data you know handy yet given given how long you all have been around even though you know at the property manager level it may already seem clear Um, but I, so I, I think, you know, in the absence of that, uh, that, that data, that quote proof on, on the ROI side, one thing 2BL has done is in, in talking to our, our owners that are ultimately making this call is essentially, you know, it's, 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 so it's not necessarily numbers based immediately, but, but it's look, are we only have a certain amount of hours in the day as property managers to do the job that we have and most of our owners buy into this tenant centric approach of management and it's like we can't actually focus on what we're trying to do collect your rent for instance right in parts of of Alameda County and Oakland it's been a challenge to do that so that's almost priority one collect your rent adhere to maintenance requests because part of our job is always getting this, like you said, this outdated laundry room, it's always a wreck. And we're trying to coordinate with this vendor that never seems to show up or, you know, and, or when they do, it's, you know, it's a part that's three weeks delayed till it finally gets there. And, 
And now I'm trying to show your vacant units and supposedly I have a, a, a common area laundry, but it's never working. Or I have these signs that say it's, it's out, of, out of order right now. And that's a, that's a, a miss. It's a blemish. Um, so it, it's, it's a huge, um, you know, blemish on, on, the, on the property. So I think that's been, um, that ha- basically can, not necessarily convincing, but just essentially telling our ownership, like, this will let us do our job better because we don't have to think about the laundry room anymore. Right. right? The laundry room is going to operate how it should. Um, I mean, I was sort of thinking back a moment ago when you said, you know, the, the technology was sort of so outdated. I mean, I think in some ways it was like, it was like what I was saying. The, the, these laundry vendors are kind of like, eh, this is the way it is. Nobody's really competing with us. It's fine. You know, that people have to use the laundry machine. And so they'll, they may have to wait a week if it's not working or go find another laundry mat or figure something out. Um, cause there's no real other option. And I think, you know, a little bit like when the storm hits, whether it's a financial crisis of 2009 or so, I was in, you know, banking at the time or, or the, the pandemic crisis uh, that we recently had, it just, uh, uh, jolts you into action. Right. And so maybe tumble with, you know, there wasn't necessarily a jolt or maybe there was, uh, but, but you all have kind of come on the scene and been like, okay, this is sort of ridiculous here. Somebody needs to call this out. And and that and so for us, it's basically allowed us to do the other high value parts of our job. And that's really the sale to the, to the ownership is let us do the parts of our job that are going to return ROI to you and not have us focus on things that, you know, it's not that it doesn't matter as much, but it's not going to, it's not going to bring in the rent dollars or make the residents happy because we're, we're taking care of other maintenance issues because we're kind of focused on something that, you know, a bad vendor. So that's, that's the pitch we've made. And, you know, anytime we've got a, a vendor falling off of, uh, of their, of their contract, you know, obviously we're moving over to tumble and it's been a great experience so far. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate it. And, and all of your support through that, um, you know, early adopter, you guys were really an early adopter yeah. of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's certainly been, it's been fun. It's been, I mean, one of the things that I, I love to talk about is the building of products for not only the resident, but also for the property manager, right? Like, um, <clears throat> sometimes a lot of these products are very much focused on one sec- sector, right? Um, you know, I, I just, I just talked to Marco from rent check, right? Same, same sort of thing where you know, you're going to ask a lot from a resident, um, to do these things for, for them. But if you do it in a way that delights them and they want to do it and it, it makes them self-sufficient, um, the return on investment on the ownership side is just, it, it, it blows it out of the park. Huge. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think, I, I think, sorry, real, yeah, just to add to that. Absolutely. Right. Any of these, amenities uh that help the property manager do their job better and whether that's because the tenant's actually helping that process now i mean it's a it's a true win-win all around for sure yeah absolutely well that that's pretty much our time um i mean you know 30 30 minutes of talking about real estate um but yeah thank you so much for for hopping on i always like to wrap with this one right um, you've been doing this, you know, what, what do you think the future of this business looks like, um, from the, from the property management side? Oof. 
in terms of where where it goes next or how things yeah. change. Yeah. What do, what do you what do you think? It, how how do we manage these buildings in in ways that are both great for residents and for the the owners and investors? Well, I think I think the way we do that successfully in the future and now is is again to 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 realize you're doing it for the residents, right? The residents at the end of the day are the ones there, you, you know, even more so than office tenants or industrial building tenants. This is where you live. That's got a, a, a bigger connotation, uh, a bigger impact on your, you know, day-to-day lived experience because that's that's where you lay your head down. So if we can, as property managers, as owners, as vendors providing services to the building, keep that in mind, keep in mind that, you know, how is this going to benefit the resident there and how are they going to use it and make it useful, right? That, that rooftop pool that nobody ever seems to go to, you know, may not actually be that useful. Uh, I think that's how we continue to be successful in the future as, as property managers and building owners. Outstanding. All right. Well, thanks so much, Vince. Um, this was Vince Corda from to be living. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on LinkedIn or Twitter at Amenitize or Die. Thank you for listening.